Thanks for listening to the Cascade Vineyard Church Podcast. To learn more about our community or the vineyard movement as a whole, feel free to visit our website, cascadevineyard.org. There you'll also find additional teachings, information on our various ministries, and other resources for further developing your faith. Our Sunday live stream starts at 10 a.m. at cascadevineyard.org stream or on Facebook at Cascade Vineyard Church. Thanks for tuning in. I wanted to share with you, too, another announcement. Uh, we're going to do a new group. Could you put that slide up for me, Grace? There? Oh, you look at you. You already did. Uh, I'm going to do a reading group uh, for four weeks in September and the return of the prodigal son. And this is one of my all-time top three books, I think, ever. I've read lots and lots of books. I love this book. And so I thought we would take a few weeks and I would read it together and we would discuss it with anybody that would like to. This is open to anybody, uh, guys and gals, young and old. Uh, we'll meet right back here in this room on Wednesday nights, uh, not the 1st of September, but the beginning the 8th for four weeks. And I'll give you a, you know, just a sort of a breakdown of how much to read each week. If you've read it before, it would be fun to do it again and have time to, to, uh, just, just talk about it. If you've never read it before, I just recommend it. It's, it's so, uh, it's, it's just pretty impacting. It's powerful, I, I think. So, with that, um, interestingly enough, in regard to situations in the world, what we're talking about, we're in, we're in Ephesians chapter six, kind of what has developed into a little bit of a mini series within a series, just talking about spiritual warfare. And how uh, spiritual warfare exists on two levels. There's the natural and the supernatural. You know, we go through life and there's the stuff, the stuff that we see and feel and, and encounter day by day. And then there's the supernatural, the spiritual level where there are uh, things behind some of what we see and feel and hear that we may not always be aware of. So, um, I want to look at another uh, real short Old Testament passage just to sort of illustrate that this morning. If you could go ahead and go there. This is uh, 2 Samuel chapter 5. Once more, the Philistines came up and spread out in the valley of Rephaim, I believe. So David inquired of the Lord, and he, the Lord, answered, Do not go straight up, but circle around behind them and attack them in front of the poplar trees. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the poplar trees, that's weird, move quickly because that will mean the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. So David did as the Lord commanded him, and he struck down the Philistines all the way from Gibeon to Gezer. <laughs> no, I think it's Gezer. Um, you know, so, so on a natural level, this looks like a normal battle. If you look at the Old Testament history, David has a series of encounters with the Philistine army. Uh, you know, so you've got horses and weapons and dudes, and it's a, it's a war. Uh, but there's this other level. There's this other thing happening uh, that kind of that we don't see. 
And the truth of the, of the, the reality of what's happening is David was successful here because he fought on that level, not just on this level. So our, our title today is Fight Smarter, Not Harder. And just an opportunity for us to be mindful of what's taking place on that spiritual level. So let's, uh, let's pray and then we'll, we'll dive in. Father, I just thank you for what you're doing uh, here uh, in and through us and with us. I really do. I thank you so much for this congregation, this family, this body, and the way that um, just the, the heart uh, of compassion and, and uh, the way that you have brought us together and allowed us to care for one another and to, uh, to care for others. So I pray you bless your word this morning, Lord, that it would uh, really penetrate our hearts and cause us to consider uh, that battle that takes place that we don't always see. Your name, amen. Generally speaking, if you don't know what's going on around you, there are consequences. Um, for example, I was thinking, you know, uh, working in, in real estate with Donna for the last, I don't know how many years, 25, 30, 40, 50 years, I don't know, homes are required to have smoke detectors in them. And, you know, that's, they go off if there's smoke, right? But I was also thinking that if you're sleeping, that's helpful. But most of the time, if there's smoke in your house, you know it, right? Today, a much more recent requirement is homes have to have a carbon monoxide detector in them. And that's a different ballgame altogether because you can't see carbon monoxide, you can't smell carbon monoxide, but if it's there and you breathe it, that's very, very bad. So those detectors are very important because that's a, that's a hidden enemy. Same thing might be true even of UV rays. I don't know if you've ever had this experience, you know. Uh, it's a day like maybe it has been lately a little bit where it's sort of cloudy and overcast, not super hot out. You know, it's not one of those days where the sun is just beaming down, but you're out working in your garden or whatever, and you don't feel it, but you come at the end of the day and you're sunburned. You go, how the heck did I get sunburned? It was overcast, but you didn't see those rays, but they were still there. So there's consequences to be paid for being unaware and not knowing what's what's out there. Um, sometimes we don't put on the armor of God because we think we don't need it. We're just sort of coasting, cruising through life, doing our doing our thing, doing whatever. Uh, David's battle here is on two levels. So he, he's and, and this is so so important. I just. I was just touched by this one little phrase this week. David's aware because he inquired of the Lord. And when he inquired of the Lord, God gave him a totally different direction and a different perspective. And he saw things in a way that he normally would not ever have seen them on his own. So consequently, he comes at the problem differently than he would have on his own. I, I thought this text is weird, the Samuel text, because when you hear marching in the top of the poplar trees, you're gonna, you're not, how do you hear marching in the top of the poplar trees? The reality is, I, I think, I, I'm reading between the lines here, he's, he's referring to angels. Um, it's a, that's a whole different reality that, you know, 
I forget, there's some verse somewhere, I forget, I think it's in the Psalms, talks about the angels around the throne of God, and it says there are 10,000 times 10,000. And I, uh, I'm not very good at math, but I, I have a, a calculator on my phone. So I did the math, 10,000 times 10,000, that's 100 million. So there's roughly 100 million angels around the throne of God. And I thought, wow, how many more are there out there? Uh, there's this whole realm, there's this whole thing happening that we, we don't see, we don't know. So uh, in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul uh, tells us to be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Again, I think a profound phrase, because we're to be strong in the Lord and his mighty power, not just be strong. I don't know if you've ever done this. You know, a friend's going through a hard time or something, whatever, and you say, be strong. Just, you know, be, be, you know, be tough, be strong. And there's one thing to sort of be strong in yourself, in and of ourselves. We can do that. We try. We, we, we you know, buckle up. We, we grit our teeth and, and we're strong. But th- that's going to hit the ceiling. You're going to run out. You're going to... Strength, your strength, my strength is going to end. But he, he says, be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. And there, that's a different ceiling. There's a different level to be strong in Him, not in us, not in yourself. And I, I love that it's not on us. It's not, it's not just you and me to be strong in who we are, but be strong in Him. Um, David doesn't have to fight the battle on his own. It changes everything when he's strong in the Lord. Uh, and, and when we pray, when we, when we inquire of the Lord, uh, God will give us direction. He gives us insights. He, he gives us thoughts and images and impressions that are beyond our normal thinking. And, and some, some of us here, some of you are familiar with that. You, you, you're, you're uh, tuned into God's voice and you hear his voice and sometimes God shares those things with you. My encouragement today, just on that level, is to act on those things. When we hear that little voice of God, to step out in faith. And, and again, I was just reminded, you know, that, that voice is internal. It's not external. Um, in the course of my life, you know, whatever, 50 years or more in the church, I think I've had two or three people maybe ever, I've heard them say they heard the audible voice of God. And I was like, wow, that's cool, I guess. But for most of us, we don't hear the audible voice of God. We hear the internal voice of God. We hear God speak to us, and it's, it's in our mind's eye. It's in our heart. It's in our spirit. It's, it's something inside of us. It's those impressions and those thoughts. And, and I think that we miss... I, my, and so my point is, two or three people hear the audible voice of God. I think God's speaking to us all the time, and many, many people hear God's voice internally in that way uh, very often, but sometimes we miss it. We don't hear it, even though I believe God's speaking to us. We miss it because simply we're distracted or we're busy or we're just not listening. We're not tuned in. So again, my encouragement today for us this week is just listen. Pay attention. Uh, dial in. Do whatever it takes to to tune in to God's voice because that's really how the battle is fought. David inquired of the Lord and he was able to hear God's voice and see things differently. And that's how the battle really is, is fought. We, we're more aware 
God gives us those impressions. Go here, do this, do that, pray for this person, whatever. You know, let's be honest. I'll be honest. <laughs> you, can, you can choose not to. Uh, sometimes I hear those little things, and I don't do it. I don't act on it. You know, you're in the grocery store. It's, I'll tell you, it's, it, it, this is what church is good. You can practice here. If you go up to somebody, you say, hey, I think the Lord told me to pray for you today. In this setting, probably they're going to go, oh, okay, thank you. And it's a safe. It's good practice because if you're in the grocery store, you don't know what's going to happen when it's somebody you don't know. But my encouragement is to to get to that place where you feel comfortable and confident so you hear God's voice and you're not afraid to step out and just pray for somebody or speak a word of encouragement. I think sometimes God gives us just words of encouragement for people. You know, we don't know them, but they're out there and they're going through a really difficult time. And just think about it. Think about it. Somebody they don't know comes up and and brings that little word to them, and they go, wow, that was awesome. We don't do that. We might get a little nervous or whatever. Uh, you know, think about it. What's the worst thing that can happen? Uh, you, could, you, could, you could feel silly, or they could tell you, get lost, get out of my face. Uh, but what's the best thing that could happen? The best thing that could happen is that God moves on that person's life. And you don't know, that could be, monumental for them. That could be a life-changing moment in that person's life. So go for it. We call those things divine appointments. Step out. Step out of faith and speak speak those words of truth. Thank you. I've had a lot of coffee this morning, so just bear with me. Um, put on the full armor of God. Be ready. You know, uh, Here's the thing. Put on the full armor of God every day. It's not just for special occasions, and it's not just for when we think we're going into battle or know we're going into battle. It's not a special thing, uh, you, you, you know, uh, special occasions, any of that. The armor of God is for all of the time. And quite honestly, I th- I think this. I think sometimes, in general, I'm, I'm speaking generally. I'm not directing this at any any group of people or part of the church, but in the church by and large, we're we're just unaware. We're we're just not aware. We miss opportunities for God to use us, and or sometimes get a whooping. Because we're just not aware. And I don't think it's because anybody's necessarily uh, bad people or self-centered or anything like that. It's just we're busy, we're distracted, and we're unaware. So put on the armor every day. Be prepared uh, for God to, to be able to use you and to fight the battle and advance the kingdom all the time. The first, uh, the first item on Paul's armor list here is the belt of truth, which I found kind of weird at first because if you think about it, it's the first thing he lists, but your belt is the last thing you put on, right? Because your belt holds your pants up. Or uh, I realize in, the, in, in Scripture, it holds your toga in place. Uh, you, don't, you don't want your toga flying up on you. You know what I mean? That's, not, that's never a good thing. Not only that, but the belt 
uh, that is where you would put your sword, and you need your sword. So it's important. It's important. It's kind of important. Uh, and of course, and you could go ahead there. You see, the the belt is a very fashionable accessory for your toga because if you don't have the belt of truth, your toga just kind of hangs. It's not very form fitting. Uh, it's not flattering at all. So you want to you want to have the belt of truth on. I was going to put my my face on one of those guys. I didn't, but, you know. Uh, go to the next slide. Let's get them out of there. Thanks, Grace. Uh, the truth, it's the belt of truth. So in Greek, the word is althea. And the meaning is not merely truth is spoken, truth of idea, reality, sincerity, truth in the moral sphere, divine truth revealed to man, straightforwardness. Let me put that to you a different way. When Paul talks about the belt of truth here, what he's talking about is not just being truthful, like speaking truth to one another. It's deeper than that and actually more foundational than that. He's talking about truth in the sense of being honest internally with yourself and with God. It's truth here, not just truth out there. The, the reason that the belt of truth is the first piece of armor listed is because foundationally we have to be at a place where we're honest with ourselves and honest with God before anything else can really happen. We can't be uh, prepared for battle either offensively or defensively until we're really honest with ourselves and with God about where we really are in life. That's so, so crucial that we, we learn to deal with reality and just say, this is where I'm at. And God, I need your help in this situation. And that's the belt of truth. The reason that this is important, if we want to get right down to it, is that we all struggle with sin, right? Sometimes big sin, sometimes small sin, Sometimes habitual chronic sin, sometimes incidental sin. It doesn't matter. There's all sorts of varieties, but we all deal with it. And we deal with sin through truth. That's how we, we come into that place of honesty between us and God. And that's the way that we deal with sin. Sin causes us to hide from God. It causes us to hide in general, but also hide from God. You remember Adam and Eve, they're in the Garden of Eden, and they thought they could hide from God behind a bush, which is ridiculous, right? God's, God's out there. God can see you. You can't hide behind a bush. I was going to tell you a funny story, but I'm going to skip it. Um, oh, now I have to tell you? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> when our kids were little, one who will remain nameless but might be the oldest, we told her she had to go to bed, and she goes, "Well, it's not fair. I don't have you. You get to stay up, and I don't get to stay up. We know you have to go to bed." So she would go in the bedroom, and she would put a blanket over her head, and she would walk out into the living room very slowly with the blanket on her head because she thought we couldn't see her until she was standing right next to the couch. And then she would just stand there. And then, you know, you go, 
get up and go in the bedroom. Where, I'll go check on Jordan. And we go, oh, sorry, I said her name. Uh, go in their bedroom and go, oh, she's not here. She's gone. Where did she go? She go I'm right here. She thought she could hide. Anyway, don't tell her I told you that. Um, Adam and Eve hid because they were afraid and they were ashamed. Uh, uh, sometimes we don't have the belt of truth on. We try uh, to hide and we try to avoid truth. There's a couple of ways that that happens. One is uh, some, sometimes there's an inclination to put on, instead of a belt of truth, a belt of religion. So we say, oh, well, I read my Bible and I pray and I go to church. And so, uh, you know, I have a whole list of things that I do and don't do. And I'm a good person. But if we're not honest with God and with ourselves, there's no truth. None of the rest of that matters. You can do and don't do all the right stuff. But if you're not honest before God, that doesn't make a difference. So we don't need a belt of religion. We need a belt of truth. The other thing we sometimes do uh, is put on a belt of rationalization. We rationalize our sin. My life is so hard. I'm not paying my taxes. The government always gets enough of my money. I gossip all the time because my husband is such a jerk. There's all this rationalization going on to our behavior, but that doesn't change the situation either. The reality is we need to be able to come to a place where there is that honesty between us and God before anything else can happen. In context here, so talking about spiritual warfare, truth and honesty is foundational. It's foundational to the rest of the process. As I said, we can't really do anything. Everything we, we talked about earlier in terms of speaking to people and, 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 and advancing the kingdom of God, we can't really do any of that until we come to that place of honesty in our own heart with God. Uh, John Wimber used to say, God wants to do to you, or God will do to you what he wants to do through you. And, and I love that because the reality is that before we can engage in advancing the kingdom out there, we have to be honest with God in here. And that's really what, where it all begins, is with the belt of truth and being honest in, in who we really are, where we really are before God, so that he then can use us to advance his kingdom and to change the lives of people around us that we encounter. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to sow into what God is doing through Casket Vineyard, we always welcome your prayers for our church body, our communities, and our leadership. If you'd like to contribute financially, please visit cascadevineyard.org give. We'll see you next week.